Welcome to First Mover. This is your one and only show for the earliest look at every DFS slate. That's right. We're here on Mondays. Week five isn't even over, and we're talking about week six. I'm your host, Dario Ofstein, the director of analytics for Player Profiler, and I'm here to walk you through the week six main slate. But first, as always, I'm going to start this show off with a little bit of some hits and misses from last week. I think it helps just to analyze my own process and see how we're doing. I think that last week was a very good week for the calls that I made on First Mover. I mean, the guys that I was talking about as running back values for weeks on end now really exploded. And and those guys were Ramondre Stevenson, Brees Hall, Dalvin Cook, of course, picked up the thumbnail from our editors on YouTube, and he delivered two goal line touchdowns. And then, of course, Geno Smith and Tyler Lockett delivered on my call for them being a big value stack. George Pickens had another big game with Kenny Pickett as his quarterback. And then Raheem Mostert finally broke through as well. He had 100 yards and a touchdown, even though he was playing with the third string quarterback for the Dolphins. So very big game for a lot of these calls from last week. Feeling very good about that. Unfortunately, you know, can't be right about everything. I did have some hope for Trevor Lawrence and Christian Kirk as a good stacking duo for week five and they obviously whiffed the Jaguars didn't even score a touchdown in that ugly loss to the Texans which I think not many people saw coming they were seven point favorites in that game so as always can't predict everything that's the NFL but feeling pretty good about the calls that I made early in the week and hopefully you guys were able to make the most of that make some good profit off of DFS this week Now let's go ahead and get into the week six slate. We've got only 11 games this week on the main slate because we are now starting to have bye weeks. I mean, that's how you know that we're really getting into the meat of the NFL season. We got four teams on bye, and then of course your usual, you know, Monday night, Thursday night, Sunday night games off the slate. So um, let's just get right into it. Kicking off the slate is the 49ers at the Falcons. The 49ers are five and a half point favorites there, and the game is a 43 and a half point over under. Then the Patriots are at the Browns, and the Browns are favored by three with a 42 and a half over under. The Jets are playing at the Packers. The Packers are seven and a half point favorites with a 46 and a half over under. The Jaguars are playing at the Colts. These teams faced off fairly recently, and the Jaguars won 24 to nothing. But in Indianapolis, the Colts are one and a half point favorites with a 42 point game total. The Vikings are traveling to play the Dolphins. The Dolphins are three point underdogs and the over under is 45. The Bengals are playing the Saints in New Orleans. The Bengals are one and a half point favorites and the over under there is 44. The Ravens are playing in New York at the Giants. The Ravens are favored by five in that game with a 43 and a half point over under. And then Tampa Bay is playing at Pittsburgh. The Buccaneers are eight and a half point favorites in the 44 44 point game total. And then you've got the Panthers at the Rams in SoFi Stadium, which um, the Rams are favored by 11 points with a 41 point over under. The Panthers, of course, they just fired Matt Rule this morning. So we've got, there'll be an interim coach there. They also fired their defensive coordinator. So 
possibly a very nice spot for the Rams to kind of get things back in the system. And then last but not least, we've got the two biggest games for the fantasy slate, the two highest over-unders. We've got the Cardinals at the Seahawks. Cardinals are two and a half point favorites. And the over-under there is 52. That's the early line. And then, of course, the rematch of the game of the entire season last year, the Bills at the Chiefs. The Bills are two and a half point road favorites. And the over-under there is 53 and a half. So that is a very big game. I, as soon as I looked at the schedule last night for week six, I was like, oh man, it's, it's Bill's Chiefs week. This is this is big stuff. We haven't seen the Chiefs on the main slate in a couple of weeks. They do tend to get a lot of primetime games. So I was very pleasantly surprised that this wasn't a primetime game and we'll be getting this one on the main slate. So lots to look forward to in those two games, the Cardinals and the Seahawks and the Bills and the Chiefs. And then the rest of this slate is pretty hard to find too much to like in, but there's there's lots of there'll be lots of good little matchups here and there. So we can get into the DraftKings prices. And DraftKings this week and this week on the main slate in general, we have pretty much three of the elite quarterbacks. It's Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and Lamar Jackson. And on DraftKings, Josh Allen is 8,200, Lamar Jackson's 8,100, and Mahomes is 8,000. So they're all right up there pretty closely clustered together. And then Kyler Murray finds himself in like a mid-tier of his own, kind of like a tweener between those three and then everyone else where Kyler is 7,300. And the next closest is Joe Burrow at 6,700. And then some of the values that I think stand out early on are Tom Brady, who's 6,300. He was obviously 6,000 last week. He was very chalky. And he didn't quite deliver because he didn't have the touchdowns. But I do think that Tom Brady is going to be in another good spot against the Steelers defense. They're still going to be extremely pass heavy. The Buccaneers are. And he didn't get the touchdowns for you last week, but he did throw for 350 yards. And I think that 6,300 is still a decent value for Tom Brady. And then if we're going to go a little further down, Geno Smith is only 5,700. As I said, the Cardinals and Seahawks, one of the two games that I think has the highest shootout potential on this slate. So I'm very surprised to see Gino remain that cheap and 5,700. I think I'll, I would probably play a decent bit of him on DraftKings this week. Over to running back. We've got Christian McCaffrey leading the way at 8,300 followed by Nick Chubb at 8,200. Jonathan Taylor's 8,000. Saquon Barkley, 7,700. Aaron Jones is 7,600. Dalvin Cook is 7,500. And Leonard Fournette is 7,400. And then you've got a bit of a step down to Joe Mixon at 6,900 and Alvin Kamara at 6,700. But I think that would be the end of that tier of bell cows that we know are going to be, you know, they, they've established themselves or elite running backs. Some values at running back. I think there's a lot of good tempting values at running back on DraftKings this week. Jeff Wilson is 6,200. Ramondre Stevenson is 6,000. Both of those guys have obviously come up in price thanks to their big games in week five, but I think they're still very much in play. Brees Hall, same deal. He's up to 5,800. And then some values even further down. J.K. Dobbins is 5,500. And Kenneth Walker is 5,400. Kenneth Walker, of course, is going to probably step into a very big role in the Seahawks offense in this game that we're projecting to be 
pretty big for fantasy purposes. Rashad Penny out for the year, obviously. So Kenneth Walker, 5,400, is probably going to see a lot of ownership this week. And then even further down, I think Daryl Henderson at 5,100 and Travis Etienne at 5,000 are very interesting options. Henderson, of course, is going to be playing against the Panthers and the Rams are 11 point favorites. You know, he he has looked better than Cam Akers for pretty much the entirety of this season. And yet the Rams keep feeding Akers. I think that there's a there's a chance some of that changes. And even if you just get his pass catching role, 5,100, and he, if he gets, you know, six or eight points through the air, finds the end zone, he can pay off that value for you easily. Travis Etienne at 5,000, like I said, I think he's a good value there as well. He's finally starting to cut into James Robinson's workload, whereas early in the season it was the other way around. James Robinson's snap share and carry shares were growing, and yet now it's flipping back for towards ETN. So the usage for ETN was very encouraging in week five, and at only 5,000, I think that's a strong value. Over to wide receiver. Leading the way, of course, is Cooper Cup. He's 9,700 on DraftKings this week. Justin Jefferson is 8,900. Stefan Diggs is 8,400. Jamar Chase is 7,700. Debo Samuel is 7,600. And Tyreek Hill is 7,500. Those are kind of the alpha wide receivers. And then you get the the strong tier two of, you know, I guess these low-end wide receiver ones for fantasy, such as Hollywood Brown for 7,200. Mike Evans for 7,000. Michael Pittman for 6,900. And DK Metcalf for 6,800. Some of the values that I like at, at various ranges here at wide receiver, you can get Gabe Davis for 6,500. He's, of course, coming off his huge game with two long touchdowns, and he's facing the Chiefs, who we all know he had four touchdowns and 200 yards the last time these two teams played each other. So Gabe Davis, 6,500, definitely stands out early on. T. Higgins is down to 6,300. We know that he was active. They said he was questionable with his injury. He was active, and then he played like seven or eight snaps, not a single reception. So T. Higgins, I think a lot of people are going to be feeling snake bit probably and be very scared to play him despite this very good price. I think I'll probably play a little bit depending on what the practice reports look like over the course of the week. Jalen Waddle is only 6,200 and Chris Godwin is only 6,100. Waddle, of course, has taken a bit of a downturn in terms of production these last couple of weeks. And I think obviously whether or not you want to play him this week is going to be very dependent on whether the Dolphins can get either of Tua or Teddy Bridgewater under center. So very dependent on the quarterback situation there. But Jalen Waddle at 6,200 is a value for the upside that we have seen he's capable of down to a bit of another value tier here at wide receiver. You've got Tyler Lockett at 5,600. I was shocked to see his price stay this low after his massive game that he just had. I mean, he's went for six catches, 104 yards and two touchdowns yesterday, and he's still only 5,600, which is pretty crazy to me. Chris Olave's price is also still very low. He's only 5,500. He, of course, left the game with a concussion yesterday, so we'll be monitoring his practice reports over the course of the week and hopeful that he plays. Jacoby Myers is 5,300. Myers is someone that I've been pounding the table for all offseason, and it's really funny to see him finally break through in the one week that I didn't hype him up on this show. Of course, the Bailey Zappi under center situation was 
something that I think scared, definitely scared me off of him and scared most people off of him in terms of last week. But I truly believe he's an alpha receiver that is completely underrated by the fantasy community. And he's still only 5,300 coming off of a big game where he had 111 yards and a touchdown. So Jacoby Myers, 5,300, definitely want to get some of that. Garrett Wilson is down to 5,000. He has not done much in these two games that Zach Wilson has been the quarterback for the Jets, but we know his talent and 5,000 is, of course, a great price. Isaiah McKenzie is also 5,000, and he did miss yesterday's game for the Bills, so I think he'll be maybe slightly slept on because of that. But we have to remember that Jamison Crowder broke his ankle, I think it was. He had a more serious injury than McKenzie, and he is going to be out for multiple weeks. So once Isaiah McKenzie is able to return, he's going to have that slot role all to himself. So Isaiah McKenzie, 5,000, I really like that value. And of course, the Bills versus Chiefs game, which is going to be huge. And then just down to the proverbial bark and bin among receivers, you've got George Pickens at 4,600, another guy who... I'm surprised his price hasn't come up more. He had another solid game with Kenny Pickett. And then Devin Duvernay, 4,700. This is kind of another contingent play. If Rashad Bateman is out again, Devin Duvernay did see seven targets yesterday. Alec Pierce is 4,300. He showed out pretty well in the Thursday night game this week. And then Ben Skoranek is only 4,100. He's been operating as the wide receiver three in the Rams offense. I think that He's seeing targets. It's, I mean, it's puzzling to myself and everyone else why he's seeing more targets than Allen Robinson, but that's just the case right now. And 4,100 is a very cheap price for, for what he's seeing. And then Rondale Moore is only 4,200. I think we're going to want pieces of that Cardinals versus Seahawks game. And Rondale has been seeing a healthy target share since his return into the lineup. So Rondale Moore at 4,200. Is another good value, I think. And then we're going to go over to tight end. Last week, the main slate didn't have Travis Kelsey, didn't have Mark Andrews. So we had a very difficult time figuring out who to play. Of course, there was a near goose egg from TJ Hawkinson and Taysom Hill broke the slate over on FanDuel. But this week, we do get Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews. Travis Kelsey is going to be 7,800 and Mark Andrews is 7,000. Travis Kelsey is, of course, going to be in what projects to be the best game of the week. So that's very exciting stuff to get him back on the main slate. Some other tight ends here near the top are George Kittle at 5,100, Zach Ertz at 4,900, Tyler Higby at 4,600, and Kyle Pitts at 4,200. David Njoku has crept up a little bit. He's at 4,000, which makes him the sixth highest tight end, if I'm counting correctly. But he's still seeing, you know, elite snap shares, elite route participation and elite target shares. So I think he's a tight end that is very worth that price tag of 4000 And then Hayden Hurst is someone that I like if we're scrolling down a little bit further. He's only 3300 He's caught a touchdown in back-to-back weeks, which of course is fluky. But more importantly, he saw seven targets last week and it was his third game this season with at least seven targets. So Joe Burrow clearly likes throwing the ball Hayden Hurst's way. And at only 3300 that's a very friendly DFS price. Hunter Henry is my ultimate cheap dart throw at tight end this week. He's only 3100 And this is another contingency play because Johnny Smith was out last week. And that led to Hunter Henry seeing season highs and snaps and targets. So 
Hunter Henry is another one that if you're really looking to spend the minimum at tight end, Hunter Henry is, I think, in play for you. And now let's talk about the defenses on DraftKings. Leading the way, you have, of course, the teams that are heavily favored against, you know, relatively weak opponents, such as the Rams, who are playing the Panthers at 4,100, the Packers, who will be playing the Jets at 4,000, the Buccaneers, who are playing the Steelers at 3,900, and the 49ers playing the Falcons at 3,700. And I think the last of this tier is the Ravens, who are playing the Giants at 3,600. The Giants have been uh, not, not really been a pushover this season, so... I think that's going to be an interesting one there. Nothing stands out too hugely in terms of value this week, but I do think that the Jaguars and the Colts playing each other is another one of those games that I've talked about in recent weeks where, you know, both offenses are just pretty mediocre and that creates an environment where both defenses or either defense can create a big game for fantasy. So the Jaguars defense is 3,200. On DraftKings this week, the Colts are 3,000. I think that could be, if I had to pick one game this week that could get ugly on both sides and good for the fantasy defenses, it could be that game. And then I'm just going to wrap up my little section on DraftKings with, of course, the sample lineup that I always do for you guys. On DraftKings, I decided to focus on that Geno Smith value again. So I've got a stack of Geno Smith with Tyler Lockett and Rondale Moore bringing it back. And the reason I'm going cheap on that main stack is so that I can afford a skinny stack between Travis Kelsey and Gabe Davis. And then I'm rounding out this lineup with Jeff Wilson, J.K. Dobbins, and Chris Olave. And then, of course, going with the Jaguars defense, who I just told you guys why I like them this week at 3,000. So I'll read you guys that lineup from top to bottom. you got Geno Smith at quarterback for 5,700. Jeff Wilson for 6,200, J.K. Dobbins at 5,500, Tyler Lockett at 5,600, Gabe Davis at 6,500, Rondale Moore at 4,200, Travis Kelsey at 7,800, Chris Olave at 5,500, and the Jaguars defense at 3,000. I think if I were to be doing this lineup and we know, say say it's Saturday night or Sunday morning, we know Chris Olave is not going to play and I had to take him out of my flex probably would pivot to someone like Kenneth Walker, Brandon Ayuk, or Drake London, who are all 5,400. The, you know, slightly riskier thing there with Kenneth Walker is he would be part of that bigger stack with Geno Smith and Tyler Lockett and Rondale Moore. I do think, however, that Kenneth Walker has been seeing more targets than I think anyone anticipated. So possibly, maybe, Maybe stacking Gino with Kenneth Walker this week is not as crazy as it sounds. But with that, that is the DraftKings sample lineup. And before we get over to talking about FanDuel, I just want to take a minute to point you guys in the direction of some of the tools that we have on Player Profiler right now. I think that you know we're always building new things and new tools to try to make you guys better fantasy players and help make everyone out there just have a better understanding of things that are happening and the, the tools that you can utilize. So two tools that we have right now that I want to highlight are player profilers data analysis tool, which you can use to basically look up any statistic you can think of, whether we have it on the player pages, we even have stats in data analysis that we don't have on the player pages. 
And these stats go as far back as 2013. So if you want to look at, you know, who led all fantasy running backs in yards per carry in 2016, you can do that. Fantasy points over expectation in 2020, you can do that. We have this gold mine of stats waiting for you to sift through it. And that's in the data analysis tool on player profiler. You can get that as part of the all-in package which is normally $135, but we're bringing that down to $85 for the rest of October. That's $50 off. And you get, it's a $225 value because you get five main tools that we offer, which are all, you know, $45 at face value, including, of course, the DFS Dominator, which I use to build lineups on multiple shows a week. And I use it on Sunday mornings to build my own lineups. And you can, you know, tune into our other shows and see just how awesome that tool is. And then I want to also point you guys in the direction of Player Profiler Edge. This is probably our newest like big feature. If you go on any page on Player Profiler, you see the top bar. There's a yellow. It's the only one in yellow writing labeled Edge. And this is our top tier betting service. You can get lines and value bets in any sport. And you can also get the ultimate. I think the ultimate advantage with this tool is you get in-game notifications for changes on the lines and live odds. So if you are a big NBA fan, or obviously we're all football fans here, or college football, and you want to get in-game notifications of bets that look like the sports book is maybe making a mistake with their in-game lines, you can sign up for notifications from Player Profiler Edge, and it will send you texts of like what the lines are and what side you should be taking in-game with these in-game lines that are, of course, kind of a new thing that sportsbooks are working on, haven't worked out all the all the kinks yet. So there's definitely an advantage to be taken advantage of there. So definitely sign up for Player Profiler Edge if you haven't already. You can start with three-day trial for 99 cents, and then there's a monthly package and a weekly package if you want to get in on Player Profiler Edge. So these are Player Profiler Edge, data analysis, our all-in package in general, these are crazy great values and awesome tools that we're building over here at Player Profiler. And be sure to check those out if you haven't already. So now we can get into the FanDuel pricing. FanDuel, of course, you know, a lot of the things that I say about the slate apply on FanDuel as much as DraftKings. So this is, tends to be a little bit quicker, but let's get right through it, starting with the quarterbacks. Josh Allen is 9,200, Lamar Jackson is 8,800, and Patrick Mahomes is 8,600. There's not quite as much separation between those three and Kyler Murray because Kyler Murray is only 8,300, and then Joe Burrow is 8,000. So there's really not as much separation between the three elite quarterbacks and everyone else as there is on DraftKings. And on top of that, the values for guys like Tom Brady and Geno Smith aren't quite as extreme because you get Tom Brady at 7,500 and Geno Smith at 7,400. So I'm probably going to be more inclined to spend up for Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and Patrick Mahomes this week. And I think Kyler Murray is very much in play this week in general in that Seahawks Cardinals game that I've been talking about. Like Kyler Murray has faced a lot of tough defenses. He hasn't had the best start to the year that we could have hoped for, but the Seahawks defense has been giving up huge performances left and right. So this could be the week that Kyler Murray truly breaks it open for us so that's kind of the way the quarterbacks look on FanDuel this week I don't think there's just quite as much value no one stands out 
as way underpriced. So I'll probably be paying up for quarterback on FanDuel this week. Over at running back, leading the way still is Nick Chubb. He's 9,500. He just keeps delivering big games. Saquon Barkley is 8,800. Christian McCaffrey is 8,700. Leonard Fournette is 8,500. Dalvin Cook is 8,300. Alvin Kamara is 8,100. And Jonathan Taylor is all the way down at 8,000, which was very surprising to see. He's the seventh highest running back this week in salary. And then just below him, you get Joe Mixon at 7,800. So there's kind of a changing of the guard already in terms of the FanDuel pricing. But I think this does make Jonathan Taylor a little bit of a value this week. I think that he's he's, he's underrated at 8,000 and he'll probably be drawing a lot of ownership with the Colts facing the Jaguars this week. Some of the guys that you know I identified as values over on DraftKings are priced a little more highly on FanDuel. So like Brees Hall, you can get him at 7,100. And Jeff Wilson is 7,200. Ramondre Stevenson is all the way up at 7,500. So these week-in, week-out values are really starting to evaporate on FanDuel. J.K. Dobbins, a little bit further down, is 6,800. Raheem Mostert is 6,500. And Kenneth Walker is 6,500. So I like that little cluster of running backs. And then if we're going down just a bit further, Kareem Hunt is 6,000. Devin Singletary is 5,700. And Daryl Henderson is also 5,700. I think that Devin Singletary is probably my value of the week on FanDuel because I think that it's not factoring in the fact that Devin Singletary plays more snaps when the Bills are in close games. So a game like yesterday when they had it in hand, they give James Cook more carries. James Cook broke that long touchdown when the game was already in the bag. But in what should be a close game against the Chiefs, I imagine that the Bills will keep the running back that they trust out there. And that's Devin Singletary. And he's significantly underpriced on FanDuel. Like some other running backs that are 5,700, just for example, are Isaiah Pacheco and Tevin Coleman. So I, I think Devin Singletary will probably be chalky as hell, but for very good reason, because this price is a stunning value on Devin Singletary over at FanDuel. Going over to the receivers, leading the way, of course, is Cooper Cup, 9,400. Justin Jefferson is 9,200. Stefan Diggs is 8,900. Hollywood Brown is 8,200. Jamar Chase is 8,100. Tyreek Hill is 8,000. Mike Evans is 7,700. And Debo Samuel is 7,600. This kind of, you know, bleeds into that low-end wide receiver one tier that is always very appealing. Tyler Lockett did see his price jump on FanDuel significantly. He's 7,500 right up ahead of DK Metcalf for 7,400. And then you see Jalen Waddell at 7,300, T Higgins at 7,200, and Amari Cooper at 7,100. I think that these guys are sort of the bottom of the wide receiver one tier. Amari Cooper, of course, very boom bust this year, as always, had another very good game yesterday with 12 targets, caught a touchdown. So, you know, we're seeing a very Amari Cooper year for Amari Cooper. Um, some values that I like a little further down, not too much further down, but Gabe Davis is 6,900. And of course, we have to talk about Gabe Davis in a week where he's playing the Chiefs. Isaiah McKenzie is 6,000. George Pickens is 5,800. Garrett Wilson is 5,700. And then this is, I'm just pointing this out because I, you know, st- still hard to believe, but DJ Moore is all the way down to 5,700. I think that 
it's possible that he, you know, with Matt Rule out of the picture, he goes back to more of the DJ Moore that we're used to. But they are probably going to be playing PJ Walker this week, as we found out today that Baker Mayfield has a high ankle sprain. So I wouldn't feel great about playing him. And then Alan Lazard, I think, is another solid value at 6,200. He's been someone that Aaron Rodgers has been trusting, although we saw in last week's game, they don't have the same deep connection chemistry that Aaron Rodgers had with Devontae Adams. So Alan Lazard is never going to give you quite that production, but he's still seeing plenty of targets from Aaron Rodgers, eight targets in the last two weeks back-to-back, to be precise. And then Devin Duvernay is 6,200. Talks about the contingent reason for liking him, of course, if Rashad Bateman were to be out another week. And then over to the tight ends, you have Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews at the top, of course. Kelsey's 8,300 and Mark Andrews is 7,800. There's a you know little bit of a funny thing here with Taysom Hill all the way up at 7,500. Of course, he completely broke the slate on FanDuel yesterday. If you didn't play him, I don't know that you won too much, but he, you know, is still a tight end on FanDuel. So 7,500, I think all logic says that he can't do it again, but Taysom Hill continues to prove us wrong every time. So you have to, you have to mention him. And then big step down to Tyler Higby at 6,200, Zach Ertz at 6,000, David Njoku at 5,900, and George Kittle at 5,700. Kyle Pitts all the way down at 5,500. Of course, he's going to be questionable again, and they're playing a very tough defense in the 49ers. So it's probably another fade week for Kyle Pitts until we see better usage and a better matchup. And then... It's a bit surprising to see George Kittle cheaper than David Njoku. I think I have to point that out as well. George Kittle at 5,700 against the Falcons, who are a much spottier defense, I think stands like stands out as a good spot. And then there's actually three tight ends that I like as values, all priced at 4,900, and that is Irv Smith, Robert Tunyon, and Hayden Hurst. I already told you guys about Hayden Hurst when I was talking about the DraftKings prices. Robert Tunyon, of course, has you know, Aaron Rodgers going for him, but he hasn't seen a massive target share yet this year. But I think that on FanDuel, especially catching a touchdown is far more important for tight ends in half PPR. And Robert Tunyon is a good bet to get you there. And then Irv Smith is someone else who is seeing a healthy, if not, you know, nothing game breaking, but a healthy number of targets in his offense. So in in a game where he does get lucky and catch a touchdown, he will get you there. And 4,900 is a solid price for him. That's how tight end kind of looks at FanDuel this week. Over at the defenses, you've got the Buccaneers leading the way with 5,000, the Vikings at 4,800, the 49ers at 4,700, the Packers at 4,600, the Browns at 4,500, the Ravens at 4,500, and the Rams at 4,400. And I think, you know, to get the Rams at 4,400 when they are, I think, priced a little bit further ahead they're the most expensive defense on DraftKings so to get them a little bit further down on FanDuel means they'll probably draw some some ownership I think that's going to be a good value relative to the upside they'll of course be playing the PJ Walker led Panthers and then that one game I was telling you guys about that I think has a chance to be good for both the fantasy defenses the Jaguars are 4300 and the Colts are 4100 and then if we just scroll all the way down, I think the Falcons at the minimum price of 3000 
you know, they're playing the 49ers and the 49ers did hand it to the Panthers last week, but the 49ers also have a quarterback whose name is Jimmy Garoppolo. And we know that he can very much be turnover prone. So I think the Falcons defense, if you are just looking to spend the minimum, they're not going to be a bad option for you this week. And that kind of leads right into my sample lineup where my, my approach for this FanDuel lineup was how can I afford a Bills Chiefs game, big just a big stack with Josh Allen, do, an, do a whole onslaught here. So I was able to get Josh Allen stacked with Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis, bring it back with Travis Kelsey. And then, you know, how do I fit in pieces around that to make it affordable? So I went with the Falcons defense, very cheap. George Pickens and Garrett Wilson, both very cheap. Kenneth Walker is underpriced. And then, you know, as I mentioned with the running backs, I think Devin Singletary is just such a massive value this week. I ended up getting him in there too. The other running backs at that price point are not nearly comparable in upside. So I ended up with a bit of a Bills onslaught lineup with Travis Kelsey bringing it back and then with a few rookies to route it out. So I feel pretty good about this lineup you know, for a Monday, of course, I'll give it to you guys from top to bottom here. It's Josh Allen at 9,200, Devin Singletary at 5,700, Kenneth Walker at 6,500, Stefan Diggs at 8,900, George Pickens at 5,800, Gabe Davis at 6,900, Travis Kelsey at 8,300, Garrett Wilson at 5,700, and the Falcons defense at 3,000. I was surprised that I was able to get that big of a Bills stack without having to go at least too far down to the to the range of players you just feel completely uncomfortable starting i think that kenneth walker is in a great spot this week i think george pickens and garrett wilson both have tremendous upside and i told you guys i think the falcons defense not a bad choice if you are looking to spend the minimum and they are playing against jimmy g so you can hope for a turnover or two i think that will just about do it for week six first mover Thank you to everyone for tuning in, and I hope that you guys enjoyed this show. I'll see you guys back here for week seven in seven days exactly. So as always, thanks for tuning in. This was First Mover, where we take the earliest look at the DFS slate. Looking forward to week six, we got the Bills-Chiefs rematch. We got this Cardinals and Seahawks game that projects to be very interesting. So Lots of good stuff to look forward to. Lots of interesting values on this DFS slate. So thank you, everyone. Have a great week.